Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Good morning, friends. Good morning, everybody. Friends and non-friends. I'm I'm going to expand this a bit. No, Dean. No? Because uh, the only people listening are our friends, the listener. Oh, of course, logically, I mean inconsistently, yes. Yeah. Unless um, one of the listeners is playing this through their phone out loud on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're doing that, the people listening aren't friends of ours. They probably no, are no, deeply they, resentful yeah, of your actions. Yeah. Don't do that. It's not going to win people over to the podcast. Hmm. No, it's not. No. Ah, good. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah. <laughs> Some of this admin. Um, anyway, my name is Simon and his name is Dean. It is, yes. And this podcast is called Why Does This Thing Exist Podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the podcast where we look at things and um, show them to each other. Dean. Yeah. Simon. What are you going to show me this week, Dean? Right. As is uh, my want, I'm going to have a little bit of backstory to this one. And it's another of uh, Dean's classic callbacks to a previous episode. Hooray! Now, you remember episode eight? Davification with our good friend Dave Steele. The thing that I brought to the table was the video game soda machine project. Yeah. We looked at the project of collating all the instances of soda machines in video games. Yeah, sure. You, Dave and I had a big discussion about uh, soda machines versus vending machines in general. Uh, got quite creative, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and then we ended up talking about the vending machine which uh, perturbed Dave the most, the pot noodle vending machine. Yeah. A uh, discussion which got... Weirdly erotic, rather quickly, if memory serves. Well, thank you, Dean. But uh, obviously, on the Twitter account, I mentioned this, and enthusiastic listener Darren Leithley, uh, at Darren Leithley on Twitter, pointed out the um, pizza vendor machine he, he knew about, I think it's from his uni days, which disgorged some semi-baked, <laughs> sick-looking pizzas <laughs> a touch of a button, which was like, oh, okay, that's, that sounds grim. But I don't wonder if anyone else had any experience with this. And I got sent a couple of... Um, Notifications about uh, odd vending machines. A lot of people mentioned uh, there were quite a few things of things which dispensed burgers and hot dogs in nightclubs. That was apparently oh. a thing. Yeah, Canterbury, which is uh, oh Canterbury, we've been there before. Yeah, yeah we have. Our very <laughs> that's where they have that ornament. <laughs> exactly. Our, our second ever episode. We had a we discussion about the the weird proclivities of the Canterbury folk. But um, so just to press pause on you there, sorry to interrupt you, but um, these are nightclubs. Yeah. <laughs> they would be solely designed for people like me <laughs> who have been dragged to the nightclub, which isn't playing the type of music they like, yeah. and have absolutely no chance or interest in copping off because I'm a married, bald man in my fucking 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> That's my age yeah. now, 1,950 <laughs> years old. You look great with me, man, I've got to be honest. Oh, thanks, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I wouldn't gravitate towards any sort of machine that was dispensing hot yeah. food. Yeah, which I, again, although it's bizarre, I, I guess I, I I can see why that exists because like it's just no, it's a thing which gives people hot food in a drunken environment. I uh, listen to that. this. Listen to this. Okay. Uh, I went to a nightclub in Tenby, where in in most cities now, this place where this nightclub was would be converted to upstairs flats, mm. but. The conversion that they did is they converted their cloakroom into a burger bar. Okay. So it had absolutely zero ventilation. Right? Oh, this sounds and it had perfectly a, hygienic. Yeah, a red hot grill, and they were frying burgers in their space, oh, know, like a, a, a cloakroom. That is 
horrendous. That's absolutely mental. Just yeah. smoke billowing everywhere from these burgers, as you would imagine. <laughs> I'm assuming that didn't get like I wasn't signed off for this event. That was it. I don't know. I don't know if it's still there or not. Oh, but God, it was one of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. Oh, just the danger of it. It's probably yeah, yeah, danger of it. Yeah. But they sent me again. Look at all this. They sent me a spiral of weird vendor machines. And most of them, although like, oh, these are, these are so strange, but also so un, you know, unfamiliar. But I can see why you know, people want that you know, and they want to touch a button. Uh, but this one I found was the one I go, okay, now I'm stumped as to why, why this exists. So it is the lettuce vending machine in Japan. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it is a vending machine which dispenses uh, basically lettuce, heads of lettuce. Wow. According to the uh, BuzzFeed article I found it on, and I have no more information on this, this $90,000 vending machine called the Chef's Farm <laughs> can grow 60 heads of lettuce a day using fluorescent light bulbs. Wow. So he's growing them in there. Apparently. Oh, this is amazing. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that's impressive, but I can't think of a scenario where I think, oh, shit, I forgot my lettuce. I know I need to have <laughs> any lettuce right now. It's not a – it's not a – lettuce isn't a snack food by itself, surely. That's not – No. It's not It's not particularly calorific, so if you're hungry, like it's not a good you – no, know, it's not the best food to have. It doesn't really taste anything. Uh, it's in Japan. I wonder if it's like – Part of the cuisine there, which makes more sense, but a machine which grows and dispenses lettuce that has me confused. I'll say that. I think you've got to look at this as not as a convenience, sort of like like the pot noodles or hmm. or any other sort of vent, like vendor machine impulse purchase. I'd I'd like to know where these machines are stationed. I'd like to know that as well. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. This is amazing. This has impressed me greatly. Yeah. Google it, Dean. Yeah. Because it'd be okay. It'd be funny as a strange thing if it was just a, a vending machine that does lettuce. But it's growing heads of lettuce uh, and selling them. I've seen no, this one I found here. It's actually just got salad pots in it, which is not what you. That makes more yeah, sense. No, no, that's yeah, not the same thing. That's, yeah, yeah that's a, an imp, not an impulse buy, but it's, it's yeah. the sort of thing you would buy from a vending machine on your lunch break. Yes, exactly. But this, I'm thinking this, this lettuce vending machine. It's bypassing the need for farms. Well, that's that's what I like about it because I'm. I see a lot of designs for sort of uh, old warehouses. Convert those into sort of self-contained farms. Yes. So you can have like one level, like put lots of levels, one level of like vegetable growing with like dedicated lights, solar panels on the roof. So yes, you get regular sunlight. Um, animals at the bottom. You could take the you know the fertilizer from them and put it on the top. And uh, I think. I love that idea, but I think the issue of that is if something, you know, it's a, it's a very, very closed loop. So if something gets in there, like a virus or something, it wipes out everything pretty, pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah, so if one, yeah, one yeah, duct yeah. gets blocked, then you've lost a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff. So it's you know, it's still to be worked yeah. on. One guy, Jim, gets into this lettuce vending machine. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's because it's just lettuce. Maybe that's just like the, um, then again, I don't think I ever had lettuce grown there and then. And they say that um, you know, if, you, if you, you know, mass-produced vegetables in the supermarket, they're always a lot less flavorful because they've been so you know, force-grown and transported and frozen yes. and, and chilled and preserved and that. So maybe maybe the maybe having a fresh-grown lettuce from the machine just like wasn't there five hours ago, maybe it does taste nice. Maybe it is like a... I think I'd imagine yeah, it would. It is yeah. like a lovely snack, which is, is nice. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe I can't find any particular uh, insight on the. Oh, huh? Yeah. Oh, there's the one. Okay. <laughs> the first line I found this article about this is it says, "After nuclear holocaust has blocked out the sun." Well, that's that's a strong start to ask about a vendor machine. <laughs> Or, or rampaging zombies have taken over farmland. <laughs> there is finally a device that will guarantee we can still grow vegetables in the dark. Well, that is a pitch and a half, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is a prepper machine. Well, they've answered two of my main words. Right there, <laughs> yeah. This Japanese lettuce growing vending machine doesn't require sunlight and can churn a surprising yield of lettuce 60 eggs a day over 20,000 a year. Wow. Do you think, uh, like, if if you go to your uh, local Tesco's, your local Lidl's, mm. whatever, are they getting through 60 heads of lettuce on a daily day basis, fresh from scratch? Not I'd there. say no, because they're always bagged for a start, which I'm, I have mixed feelings about. Yeah. But I've got into lettuce lately, and I've noticed every time, sometimes, not every time, sometimes I've gone into Tesco's and I wanted to buy a lettuce, and they haven't had one there. So... This is the future. This is good. Maybe it is then. I'm gonna probably I do like this machine. I like it a lot. Definitely, yeah. I just wondered what, what the thinking was behind it. it. But again, if it is, I think I came at it from the angle of this is a vending machine which you'd find like not a nightclub, mm, but no, on the yeah. street or like in, in an office block or something where you know, cans of coke, <laughs> pack sandwiches yeah, ahead yeah, of lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, I don't <laughs> mind, but I'm confused. <laughs> but if it is actually a self-contained like, food-producing machine. Yeah, that's just, this, is, this, is, this is borderline Star Trek stuff. This yeah, is like, it is. It really it's is. Like a, yeah, <laughs> it's like a replicator with a very, very limited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little, a little bit more of this uh, separate article. We linked this, listeners, it, so we can grow other types of vegetables as well. I guess you just need to check to differentiate yeah. on the, on the nutrients and the, the soil and, and the mm. seeds and that. Uh, portable, um, oh, they've described it as a portable fluorescent garden, uh, $90,000. Oh, a target market being ostensibly restaurants that want locally manufactured sun-free vegetables on site. I don't know why restaurants would want sun-free vegetables. Sun-free. No. <laughs> In fact, the vegetables like, oh, it tastes like sun. <laughs> it tastes like sunlight. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Excuse me, wait, excuse me, wait. Is, is this lettuce being grown by the sun? <laughs> Take it back and bring me a slaughtered cow. I want something from the pits in the basement, please. Ah, obviously, shining 12 40 watt bulbs on a shelf of seeds isn't the most efficient way to grow veggies. No. Uh, veggie, oh, veggies. Mm. Uh, and there's no word on how just how much water these nutriculture beds consume to pump the lettuce such a rapid clip. And there's no word on the quality or nutritional value of the lettuce either. Right. So we've cut down on delivery emissions, but not much more than using locally sourced produce. Okay, so we see yes. the negatives in this so, one, indeed. It's not so much uh, Star Trek. There's more of uh, water and electricity consuming beasts. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but I think in principle, it's a good start. Yeah, it's a good start, yeah. Take time to refine. I still, I still think my problem was, I was thinking... <laughs> Who needs a lettuce in a hurry? That's <laughs> yeah. my question there. But yeah, it's situated in a sport on a smaller scale yeah. than this one shown here, on the restaurant or even in like um, a local corner shop yeah. or something. I think it's so, so, if it didn't have the environmental concerns and <laughs> for some reason now I got the idea of the the used to be like a service station toilet, <laughs> <laughs> just like condoms, disposable toothbrushes, head of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> 
why why not that's why yeah why not yeah uh so there we go lettuce lettuce vending machine which grows itself which i think is just a, a very good part of it well, i think it's excellent i'm ready to give my oh, score. please do I'm going to give it five. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to give it four. I'm going to. I was ready to give it five until we um, considered the environmental impact of this machine. Yeah. Uh, which probably, you know, if I'm being serious, should probably knock it down to a two. But I'm going to give it a four because it's futuristic and I like it. Yes, I'm going to give it a four as well. I think, although like the environmental concerns, but for exactly the reasons, the environmental concerns are very valid. But again, it's proof of principle. You do. You, know, you don't go from nothing to perfection in this in one step you need to have these sort of things uh okay so we've got it this far how do we narrow it down so so this way we can sort of like good we've got a Venice lending machine a Venice lending machine <laughs> you can always like bring her back in half an hour <laughs> you gotta keep your credit card <laughs> <laughs> I've the scenario we need a lettuce off. Don't eat it. I just I need it for half an hour. The stage is elaborate doc video. <laughs> Have yeah. you seen that? You know, cash generators. They're like they're, they're doing um, uh, e-cigarettes on tick. So you can right. either buy it for like three pound fifty, or you can do it forty p a week, <laughs> spread over five weeks. <laughs> but they don't last five weeks. <laughs> like you'd be lucky to get like four days out of it. This is the first time we've any of this. I didn't know. It's mental. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'd thought yeah. I could have done that for my section, which is coming up now. I'll think about it for next week. <laughs> but yeah, but you're right, T. So yeah, but yeah, I think, you know, proof of principle. I like, the, I like the direction. We should encourage it. So four to five, refine this. It'll be great. Yes. Right, I agree. Yeah. And onwards to the future. Uh, welcome back, listeners. Uh, right, my turn to show you something, Dean. And um, I, I stumbled across this on YouTube, and uh, who knows what's going on with my algorithm at the moment? It's the fuck. I think it was Anthea Turner. She's absolutely ruined it. All oh, right, <laughs> the first time, yeah. But it's a, it's an odd video. Okay. Um, but I'd like to hear what you think of it. It only lasts a minute, Dean. So I'm going to play it in phones. All right. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Here it comes. A very warm welcome to all passengers who have just recently joined us at Nottingham. This is the 0535 high speed train service to London St Pancras, calling at East Millers Parkway, Loughborough, Leicester, Market Harbour, Kettering, Wellingborough, Luton Airport Parkway, and London St Pancras International, where we're due to arrive at 0736. I'd like to remind all passengers that East Millers trains operate fully non-smoking policy on all our services, please do not light up anywhere on this train. Safety notes are placed at the end of each carriage, please take a few moments of your time to study these. Our buffet car is open and cleared for service, serving a wide variety of hot and cold snacks. I can be of any assistance to you throughout your journey. Do not hesitate to contact me, Martin, your train manager, or any member of the onboard team. Our next station call will be East Midlands Parkway, where we do to arrive at 0546. Okay. That was a man called Martin uh, who, who was doing his own train announcements. Um, he was imagining he was the, the announcer on the train. Right. 
Um, that's it, really. What do you think about that? <laughs> so, someone replicating train announcements and uploading YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, first off, I have no objection to it. No, of course not. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Uh, it's um, first thoughts. Is he a regular train goer to the point where he's memorised the announcements? Because obviously they are quite consistent. Oh, yeah. Or has he gone on and recorded them and replicated them later from his own um, with his own vocal vocal skills? That's a good point. There's the the rest of Martin's channel is him look just doing the general train spotter thing of filming trains as they come into the station. But he's got a couple of videos where he he does the train announcements. Hmm, I'm not sure. There's no way of me actually knowing without putting on that train whether that's a, <laughs> a genuine announcement or whether that's sort of what his interpretation of it would be. And also, like from the video, that video was only in 2009, so that's uh, what, 13 years old yeah. at this point. So if you'd gone on there now, they wouldn't necessarily be the same, which is... Oh, God, no, it'd be like Sodom and Gomorrah on there now, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get a train at that point, anyway. If you get a train, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. They'd just be full of staff that are not being paid as <laughs> what they should be. Absolutely. All their rights and pensions being struck <laughs> off. And I bet Martin's on the site. <laughs> yeah. He'd show this all down to the records. Oh, I don't know. Do you think Martin's a scab? No, no, I wouldn't say no, I love I Martin. So. No. He, he, he looks no. like he loves the train to the point where he wouldn't, uh, yeah. Yes, exactly, well, yeah. Yeah, he, he, if you love the trains, you've got to love the people who operate the trains. I would I would assume so, yes. This thing, I haven't thought this for a long time, but... For long, when we grew up, at least for a long time, train spotter was like the synonym for nerd, yes. like the, the, the anorak obsessive types. And I haven't heard that for a while because I think no, the whole thing of like tech and sort of that obsession has become more mainstream. So people who love stuff to the point of being obsessive, or like whether it's anime or Star Wars, they are now like yes, it's it's main culture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they build franchises around those people now, so they're not like uh, outcasts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I respect that he's, you know, he's. I love he's doing old school nerdery in a very modern way, like uploading to YouTube, which is cool. Yeah. I well, again, my, my first thing I picked for this was I think on YouTube. I thought, why has someone done this? What 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 do they get from this? But I think maybe it's the act of creating it and put out there is reward in and of itself. Definitely. Yeah. Initially, I thought, well, this last not for me, maybe, but I I really liked. That, that it existed. Like, he's taken the time, uh, the effort to do that. And he's even, like, it's got mistakes in it that he stumbles over his words. and That I liked, because it, unless he's, like, maybe he's not the best editor, but those things are easy to remove, uh, as, I'm, as I'm sure you know yeah. from editing all these podcasts. <laughs> well, exactly. You just stop yeah. and you do it again. But he's gone with it. And, like, I, yeah. that made it properly... Uh, genuine and yeah. real, like actual art a, to me. Yeah. I, I I genuinely liked it. I think it's a real charm to that because when you you theatre yes. stuff, they're always told like um avoid corpse in all costs, which is like laughing at the thing. But I don't, I don't always call that. Mm. It's a very grim name for a the jolly thing. But if you watch any of mm. um Spike Milligan's old sketch shows, they're always doing on there. Yes, yeah. and I think it really adds to them. I think it really enhances the whole. Yeah, definitely. But that's that's great. Like laughter, that's how laughter works. You tell Jimmy Carr's got a second career of the falsely corpse in the things with his daft seagull. Yeah, laugh, that, I, I don't get that laugh. It upsets me somewhat. Ha! <laughs> but, but it's it's I know. I think it's the train thing which always strikes me because I had a thought about this because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine, 
like my son was at a similar age, um, not, not so much, but a lot of kids were. They, they loved Thomas Tank Engine. Now, if you think about it, actually, I think I put this in the Guardian in one of my blogs, but Thomas Tank Engine's existence should be horrifying because he's a completely sentient being with no control of his own body, no limbs or anything, and has to obey the fat controller. Like, Thomas, you must be useful or take care. It's an analogy for work, isn't it? Well, yeah, totally. But the whole thing about steam train, people love steam trains. Like, I, I'm wondering why there is a similar, you know, some people get really into trains generally, but steam trains have this nostalgic love for them, whereas you know, diesel things don't. I wonder if because they are like a mechanism you can see working. Yes, I think so. Yeah, you're going to say, okay, coal goes in here, pressure goes out there, wheels go round, smoke comes out. Right. Whereas these are like all self contained. There's no, same with vinyl. You can see, oh, record goes round, pin goes there, sound comes out, and cassettes and CDs aren't quite so uh, open to the world. But mm. but then, but there are people who do really, really get into trains, just trains, trains as a concept. And I've never got that. I've never understood. I like that they do, like, but then same with bird spotting. I think because, but because birds are natural, like, you know, they are. It's random. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that a bit more. Yeah. What is the, what's the hook? What's the appeal of trains? I like them fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Is it like there's, um, there's a rarity uh, in that, like you're not going to see these because they're getting specific types of trains and train numbers and that mm. sort of thing from my understanding of it now, which may be totally wrong listeners as always, but so there's, they're looking for specific things, but there's a finite amount of them. Oh yeah. Like, so, so like stamp collecting then. Yes. Yeah. So you, if you persevere and dedicate yourself to it, you can achieve uh, an end goal. That makes sense. Yeah. Is, is there an element? Yeah. I'm not, well, that comes to anything. Is it like, if you, you know, there are, a limited number of things, you get them all, you win. Like, that's all the concept of Pokemon, really. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can create more. And like, but that was, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why that's popular. Yeah, but Pokemon Go was like the biggest video game sensation in the world. Well, like, uh, I, a lot of that was apparently when Pokemon Go became the massive, massive hit it was, Nintendo shares went up really rapidly. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. but Nintendo had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make it. They're just a random app. Someone oh, made it. Just people associated yeah, yeah, just, with Nintendo. Just, wow. It was a collateral boost for Nintendo. Like, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> was Pokemon Go the one where you had to, like, they were Pokemon characters in the real world yeah. and you had to film them? Oh, wow. Okay, then. Yeah. That's good. Because I've got a story here. Okay. Uh, one of my friends, uh, it was he got married around the time the Pokemon Go was out. So he had the app on his phone to catch the Pokemons. And he was using his phone to take uh, wedding photos. Right. And by pure chance, uh, the, a Pokemon appeared <laughs> where in the wedding yeah. venue. So in his wedding photos, he didn't hire a professional photographer. He just handed his phone to his father. All his wedding photos have got him, his wife, and uh, a Pokemon <laughs> in the background. Now, that's what he's told me. Do you think I, that's true? It- could be if it's. I, I don't know the settings. I've seen people use Pokemon Go, and it is like that. It's in. It's augmented reality. It's inserting virtual things into your your, your camera view. So like yeah. So like yeah, actual, yeah, yeah. He he did show me yeah. a photo which had him, his wife, and a Pokemon yeah. in the background. But I'm not sure if that was the case where like all his photos were like. That, I say, listeners, that is the second best uh, weird wedding photo thing I've ever heard. 
The first is my wedding photo. <laughs> yeah. Remember this, Simon? Like, I'll tell them this. this. No, go on. My wedding, um, my, my wife and I got married twice, technically, because she's Indian. We had an Indian ceremony in London first, and a, uh, a British ceremony in Cardiff two weeks later. Now, Simon is my best man, as, uh, as I think I mentioned before, but we went to the London for the ceremony and went to the Bhaktivedanta Manor, the one George Harrison donated to the Hare Krishnas. Yes. And we turned up there, it's like, because it's all like, it's very traditional. And my wife has got a very big family. My father-in-law is youngest of 13. And at this point, I hadn't met most of my in-laws because of just who has the time to meet 400 yeah. people, <laughs> as it turns out. And most of them live here and they're all very successful and stuff. So like big, big family. And in you know, in, in UK weddings, it's like, um, you know, mustn't see the bride, it's bad luck. But in Hindu ceremonies, it's even more important because there's a big reveal ceremony where they bring the bride in behind a curtain and sort of drop. So it was very important that I didn't see the bride for the wedding. Now, we turned up right. at the... Now, you remember this in a second, trust me. <laughs> we turned up at the manor. <laughs> and we get out of the car and walk towards like the um, uh, the, the entrance. But it's a big sort of like hill in front of the entrance and people are... There's a huge bunch of people posed in front of the manor uh, and the photo was done. Now, I didn't know if that was the the, the pre-wedding photos my wife was having with her family. I thought, Christ, because I don't know, I don't recognize my in-laws. Like, there's like 200 Indians. And like, is, is, that, is that my in-laws? I don't know. Um, I I thought, right, if, if, if that's my wife in front, or my fiance then, I suppose, <laughs> my wife within two hours' time, yeah. I need to hide. I said, right, so Simon, I'm going to hide behind this bush. <laughs> a bush. You need to go there and get a look at the bride. If it's my fiance, uh, come back and tell me. I'll hide here. If it's not, then we can go in. Mm-hmm. So I was just crouched for like five minutes. And then you come back after five minutes and said, uh, I couldn't get close. I couldn't see. And I remember I was quite stressed anyway. So I said, Simon, I don't want to hear that. Look harder. <laughs> and you went and you said, oh, I managed to sort of jump up the background. I got I got a, I got a glimpse, and, uh, and it's not hers. Oh, good. So that's that's, that's the previous wedding. Uh, we're leaving, so we can go in now. But then I realised somewhere in England, or I presume in England or somewhere, there's an Indian family who got wedding photos with some bald Welsh guy bouncing in the background. Boom! <laughs> 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 nothing. So who is this prick just ruining our photo? <laughs> And it's you, because I sent you out, and I was not not willing to hear no answer. And I apologise for that to you, to them, and to everyone else. Oh, and, and I would have looked really like frightened, worried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a tense day, but all went fine, all is well. But still, thank you, and I apologise yeah. for making you do that. <laughs> anyway, what's going to do with uh, someone make his own finance? But I don't know. But uh, well, I... no. Uh, so what are you going to give this, Andy? I'm going to give it, um, I'll say a three out of five, because I like it, uh, but it's beyond my sort of understanding as to what the thinking is or what the benefit is. Um, no, mm. no, 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 no. Change that. Four out of five. Yeah. Because I like the fact that he's enthusiastic enough to do it. I love that he's made it and put it up there. Yeah. I think the the whole thing of recreating a train announcement isn't in and of itself fascinating enough to get a full score. I don't think... Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Like, you know, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, this is the best thing. No, it's not. It is someone replicating a train announcement. 
which is fine, but I don't have to say like bravo or this is this is this is this is a marvelous. <laughs> no, we don't, no, we, that that <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. That really, so I'll yeah, say like yeah, yeah. great, glad you like it, glad you made it. Um, hope people like it, but <laughs> it's still like okay. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. When I hear it, and I've still got to this day absolutely no idea why it was recommended to me in the algorithm. That's a good point, yeah. That is maybe more of why did that exist more than the actual thing. Yes, why did the algorithm think that? But we will never know the answers to that until, um, I guess, until Arnold comes back and visits (laughs) me, teaches me the way of life, and I will teach him some Spanish, I guess, and... And gently lowering into the molten <laughs> lead. What? And, and until that what happens. A wild uh, uh, to reference that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what, 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 what are you saying this time when you are the, the saviour of mankind? <laughs> well, I think so, Dina. Well, I think the last uh, 14 episodes, whatever it was, oh, has proved well, that. You know what? I, I, I genuinely can't even argue that. So. I've just told you how to grow vegetables from nothing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You have you you have all the relevant skills. Yeah, yeah. We're we're halfway there now. Yeah, I can grow vegetables from nothing if I live in Japan. <laughs> um, what else can I do, Dean? Uh, uh, you can. Uh, I'm very good at eating spicy foods, and I think that'll come in very important mm. in the um, antibacterial. See, whatever. I edit all of this out. Edit this all of this out. I'm going to give it four out of five. I enjoyed it. This guy's only done uh, three of these videos, and um, I think he should concentrate more on these and less on f- filming trains because trains are boring. <laughs> uh, announcements are good. Good. Yeah, then. Four to five. There we are, then. Beep, beep, beep. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, listeners, here we go. Random Wikipedia article. Uh, three to one. Here we go. Hmm. This is an interesting is one, it? Dean. Have a look at this. Uh, this is Wikipedia about <laughs> what? See, what? Seriously, you've I've clicked uh, on the wrong thing. No, I've clicked <laughs> on the wrong thing. <laughs> what are the odds of getting this? It seems quite wild. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Robbers. No, I think what I've done there, Dean, yeah, is, uh, you've clicked on <laughs> about Wikipedia is directly yeah, to the random articles, man. Okay. Yeah. Right, try it again. Here we go. Three, two, one. It is Battle Block Theatre. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll read the blurb this week, Dean. Okay. Battle Block Theatre is a comedy platform game developed by the Behemoth and published by Microsoft Studios for Xbox 360, Windows, Macs, and Linux. It is the third title from the Behemoth following Alien Hominid and Castle Crashers. The game was released on Xbox Live Arcade on April the 3rd, 2013, and later temporarily made free via Games with Gold on July 16th, 2014. Okay, so it's a computer game, which is yeah. our first one, I think. we had adjacent things like the Invader Zim and stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It's our first... first computer game, yeah. Yeah, that's, um... okay, that's good. Uh... Is it a game you've played? Nope. No, um, no, me. It's very... It's... It's having a little vague tickle in the back of my head, but I'm not sure that's because I'm looking at the picture and it looks like it's got slight Bomberman aspect to it. Or yeah. I may have heard it in passing because I sometimes watch some game reviews. Yeah. Uh it looks like uh, you know, a retro platformer 
Yes. I think that's what they're called. I think I'll go along with that as a first yeah. guess. Yeah, because in my understanding, uh, modern video game uh, ecosystem, you have your AAA games, yeah, your Grand Theft Autos, yeah, your Doom Eternals, yeah, you know, like all the big, big productions, yeah. like, like, like you know, like your Marvel Studios, like your, right. your Paramount Studios, and you have the indie games, the small, uh, smaller studios, individual creators and stuff like that, which you can get on Steam. Uh, this seems more like the latter. Yeah. But it's by Microsoft Studios. So which suggests that uh, you know which, which are one of the big players. They have an Xbox now. So well, I I think uh if I well, I don't know for sure, but I think when it says it's been developed by the Behemoth and published by Microsoft Studios, I think that means that the indie developer there is the behemoth. They've made it, ah, okay. and it's been made available by Microsoft. Yeah. So ironically, the, the small up and coming one is called the behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Microsoft is the big one. <laughs> so yeah. already yeah. we have yeah. a certain layer of irony to this. Yeah. Which I like. Which I like. Yeah. So we've neither of us have played it. Um, should we have a look at the reception? Um, well, look. It's got tremendous reviews, Dean. It's got a Metacritic score of 85 out of 100. It really does, yeah. That looks yeah. cool. Because I, I I don't know when it happens, but I like the fact that at some point they realise, no, no, since it's been a while since game technology became the sort of thing you could have massive, you know, immersive, ultra-realistic gaming worlds, something finally twigged that you don't actually need that to make a good game because, you know, it starts on like an old man again, but... We grew up playing video games of the eight slash sixteen bit era, and the arcade games. And I still have a tremendous fondness for those games. Like I got the, yeah. uh, I got the sort of the the, re, the relaunched Mega Drive, the little handheld one which has like fifty games on it, uh, replications of the original. Like there was Street Rage Two, you came over and played it, or Street, Street Fighter Two, and we we put a lot of time and effort into those things. They were immensely yes. captivating, and you know that that. Those are like the best technology you could do at the time. Yeah. But they're really good. Uh, but now you can have your, your Red Dead Redemptions, which are just massive open worlds, which are ultra realistic and full of nuanced characters. But you don't, that doesn't make it a good game. It's just a, it's a good thing to have in a, you know, if it is a good game. Mm. And I like the summer twig that, oh, okay, we've got the technology. Now we can easily make the cheap and cheerful type stuff. Mm. And that's just as fun. And if yeah. anything as fun or more fun than some of these big bloated efforts. And this, it's, it's got the sort of vibe of that about it. It's yes, like definitely. Cartoony, comic booky, jumping on blocks and blowing things up, sort of thing. With a sort of hopefully a right sense of humor. Because sometimes yeah. they get a bit. Um, I play something. Games with humor are fun, but games with no one humor going. Huh, you love this, don't you? You, you, you kids with your with your wacky Pac-Man hula hoops and stuff <laughs> like that. So you know, sometimes it comes across as, oh, I, I see what you've done there. Do you think? Kids love this shit. Just put it out there. Yes, yeah. eat this slop. Yeah, uh, but hopefully it isn't that. If it's a uh, you know in the indie studio. Yeah, should we have a look at the, some gameplay of it? I'll see if I can. Yes, find I it. would. I would like that. It's ringing a bell, so I think maybe I have heard good things about it. Okay. Yeah. So it looks like um, yeah, flat two D animation. Mm. Yeah. Platform game. Very nice. A nice design, Dean. Yeah, it's, it's got a World of Illusion vibes to it. Um, mm. Remember World of Illusion, the Mickey Mouse on that game? You can do the multiple jumps, making oh. jumps with the air. Yeah, always intriguing when that happens. I like that. 
I think for years I thought you could do that. I thought you could jump in the air and just jump again. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw so many games. I have to say, I've never actually tried it. Maybe I can. <laughs> yeah, good point. Is it maybe one of those things we've all got a superpower, which is so niche? Yeah. <laughs> you could mostly go through their lives without never discovering it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks fun. I, mean, I, I could play this. I, play, I could be playing play this with my son. It looks like it would uh, yes, be fun. Yes, it looks family friendly yeah. uh, so far. Uh, yeah, you help each other out. Looks good, Dave. I'd say I'm going to go on the record and say this is good. This is a good game. Yes, it's got a quirky style to it. I really, it does. I like that sort of thing. Because I found out recently, um, uh, they've just released uh, sort of a console version of, well, an updated console version of what of the the old Ninja Turtles arcade game. And it's called Feathers Revenge or something. It's exactly right. the same style, but with more levels and more characters. Yeah, it's on the Switch. My son's got a Switch. I think, can I? Buy this and play on his Switch. Am I, I, am I you can, Dean. Yes. And I, I know I, I have the right to do that, but is that, is that sort of... No, I think you should. I should have said. Yeah, no, right. can, yeah. you should. Go on. Yeah, because like I, we bought Street Rage 4, which is great fun, by the way. I recommend that to anyone. Uh, it's like a... It's a... It's a, uh, no, a relaunch, reboot, whatever, but it's a, an update of the Street Rage franchise, but with all the... By people who clearly care. There's yeah. some great time and effort to make it Street Rage... As it always was and is, but with like a lot of modern artwork and mm. data design. But you can also play the old characters, like the exact same look about them. It's uh, okay. Sure. Um, so if this is something like that, that sort of effort, I would be very on board with it. Uh, so yeah. So uh, again, I I don't think I'm assuming this like like with when you're a teenager or a child, the music you hear has a much more lasting impact than the, usually the music you hear later in life. Because that's when you're at your most impressionable. That's when like, right. you have the strongest emotion reactions. And I've always thought, I don't really seen studies support this, but I've always assumed that the video games you play at that age are also have that sort of impact on you. Because you get all, like, loads of like um, Kickstarters now to remake or relaunch a sequel to an old established game. Like they, they just they just did with Monkey Island. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that wasn't a studio concern, but the 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 old fans chipped in loads of money to make a new game and it's it's out now and mm. and things like that. So With that though, I think computer games seem to be one of the uh, areas of entertainment, cultural entertainment, which are continually progressing. Uh, that and rap and hip hop, I guess. In that mm. there's a, a continual stream of development. I still think video games are a genre which don't get the mainstream respect they've, I'd say, blatantly earned. Mm. It's coming more around a bit now. As, it is as, now, um, yeah. As uh, people of our age become the more dominant, um, yeah. you know, cultural figureheads, I guess, and, and yeah. journalists and all that sort of stuff. They've they've all grown up with it as yeah. a thing. So, yeah, I think I think that will shift. But like, you know, something seems stats like Fortnite, the, the video game, is mm. brings in like three times as much money as the whole cinematic industry per year. Wow. Like, it's like cinema has the Oscars and it's a huge prestigious event and like actors are lauded and famous and like one video game has an audience three times the size of, of that. And that's, wow. but it's like, you know, most people don't know that. I mean, most people of a certain age don't know that because yes. it's a, uh, and that's just one of them. Like this, like my son plays Rocket League. That's been going for many, many years. That's a similar thing. Or like Minecraft is one of yeah. the most successful things in the modern era, but they are, you no, know, even before that, World of Warcraft, that was the, the, the online game, which is still, mm. I think it's still going. I mean, it's, it could be all so. Fortnite now. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure things come and go, but if you consider how long a film lasts in the cinema, it's, it's still quite a massive achievement. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so I think video games still, despite their success, don't get the recognition or respect they, I would say, have earned. What do you think about esports, Steve? Ah, that's where I get a little bit, conf- a little bit um, uncertain, because I think prowess in a video game is genuinely prowess. It's an achievement. Yeah. But I think calling it a sport is... Bit of a stretch too far. I don't know, therefore, yeah. esports should be a good separate label. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, but there's some people that argue it's a, it is official that darts is a sport. Yeah. How is that different? That's just like a bit of hand eye coordination. It's really impressive, but it's still hand eye coordination, which is a similar mm-hmm. thing to do on a, on a screen and stuff. I think, yeah, I, I don't mind it having a separate category, but I don't think it should be considered a sport, a sport. in the original sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that should have an element of physical capability to it, which. Video games do, but not... Yeah, 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 I'd go along with that. It's it's a form of competition, isn't it? Competition is fine, yeah. The best of them are very good at the games, I guess. Yeah, competitiveness is different to sport, I think. Yeah, it's a game, isn't it? It's not a sport, Mm. it's a game. Yeah, I I, I don't think that's any less value as a distinction. No, not at all. Like, we have a cat and a dog, and... Some people say, like, oh, is that your furry son? It's, no, it's my pet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different species. It's not <laughs> my, my progeny. But yeah, but, you know, I, I like having a pet. It's great to have this pet. I, I'm very, very fond of this pet, but it is a pet. <laughs> it is fi- And I think that's fine. The pet does not care what I call it because it is a non-sentient creature. But, you know, it's a big part of the family. Don't get me wrong. But I think pet is a perfectly valid label in its own right. Yeah. To say, oh, it's my fur baby. It's not my fur baby. It is... It, it's, it's, it's a miniature predator. <laughs> if, if if my wife birthed this, it would be terrifying, <laughs> be awful for all concerned. So no, no, it's not my son. It is my pet, and that is fine as a label. Oh yeah, and I think that's a perfect uh, place to stop. And uh, what are you going to give this article? The article was of course um, fur babies. <laughs> Battle Block Theatre. Battle Block Theatre, yes, that's, that's right. right. I'm going to give it a five, because, well, frankly, it made me really look like the game, and I might actually buy it. Uh, oh, well done. To there play with myself my son. And it's, look, it's also very, very thorough and very, very uh, detailed. It's uh, a hell of a lot of, in this article. You can tell that uh, the it's, it's a popular thing, because it's got a, a hefty article there. Yeah, so I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give it four. It's... Okay. Um, it's good. It's good. It's a four. And uh, that brings us to the end of this week's episode, listeners. Thanks for joining us as always. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for coming. <laughs>